Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bold Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Lorraine Murphy Show. It is so good to be with you today. I have long been a fan of the benefits of magnesium, so I was super keen to meet someone who's built an entire multi-million dollar business on this miracle mineral. Cassie Sangvi is the founder of Australia's leading magnesium skincare company, The Base Collective. With her background as a pharmacist, she always read the ingredients list on labels, but having children really sparked her interest in natural organic products, and she was struggling to find products she felt comfortable using on her family and that looked good. The Base Collective was the business she began eight years ago, and it has reached huge success with its best-selling magnesium oil. In just eight years, Cassie has turned the brand into a multi-million dollar business with customers all over the world and is now stocked at Kohl's as well. In our conversation, Cassie shares why magnesium is so powerful, specifically for women with pretty full lives, her aha moment that birthed the business, the very first steps she took to make the business a reality, her philosophy of going big from day one, the three greatest obstacles she's had to overcome to get the business to where it is now, the very specific challenges this really interested me that surprised her about a product-based business model, the infrastructure of support that she has built around her in order to be the business owner and the mom of three that she wants to be, and also her current goal in the business, and it wasn't what I expected. As we say at the end of our conversation, Cassie is very generously giving us a $200 gift voucher for the Base Collective. To enter to win, just jump onto the Insta post that I share as part of today's episode and comment, and I will choose one winner in seven days' time to be the winner of that awesome gift voucher. So let's bring on my conversation with Cassie Sangvi. Hello, Cassie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lorraine. Thanks for having me. I already feel like you're one of my people and we've been chatting for like five minutes before we started recording. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited for this conversation. Yeah, I agree. I think we've got some similar synergies. So yeah, nice. we do. It feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> so tell us, Cassie, for anyone who hasn't come across the Base Collective yet, what is the business? What do you do? So we're a magnesium skincare brand, Australian made and owned, 100% natural. We use certified organic ingredients where we can. 
And I think where, well, where the business came from is I'm a pharmacist and I saw a gap in the market. Well, I was discovered the benefits of magnesium and then that the fact that it is absorbed through the skin so mm. readily and gives so many health benefits and that there wasn't a skincare range available. Mm. So that's kind of where, that's sort of where it started. Amazing. So Cassie, when you say you discovered the benefits of magnesium, what did you personally experience and the benefits of that? I mean, I'm really keen to unpack that big shift that you've made from being a pharmacist to starting your own business. What was the experience? What was your positive experience of, of using magnesium? So I think when I started the business, I, well, it's twofold there. It was a time in my life when I just had my first baby and was, you know, love being a pharmacist, but the reality was traveling wasn't an option really anymore and I really wanted to be around for him so I was looking for something to you know keep me busy I suppose it's quite funny I think yeah. <laughs> you have this time when you have a little baby and you do actually but yeah anyway so then you know I wasn't sleeping muscle aches and pains you know all that kind of thing and then I am even though I'm a pharmacist I love natural and organic and I really sort of do sort of more tend to have that hat on and yeah discovered magnesium and then magnesium oil you couldn't get it anywhere at that point eight years ago and then I was like well it actually also has despite the fact that the oil gets absorbed and you get all these benefits of the magnesium throughout your body it's also really good for your skin health in itself so yeah that was sort of that's sort of where it started. Amazing. And when you say you were a pharmacist, what does that mean? Because I think of pharmacists and I think two things, either the kind of your high street pharmacy where you go and get your whatever you need. But I also think of, you know, working in a big pharma company where you're actually in the lab creating medications and drugs. Where were you? And there's probably about 55 other roles within there that I'm not aware of. What did you do? Yeah. 100%. I've basically done it all, to be honest. I haven't been in a lab in a pharma company, but I did work for a big pharma company for a while. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was quite interesting. I wasn't super into sport when I was a kid. So my mum was like, well, when you're 15, you can get a job because you're not doing a lot. Yeah. And so my first job <laughs> in a pharmacy and I loved helping people. I actually loved the cosmetics. And then when it came to this time to decide what I wanted to do, you know, potentially apply for at uni, I put down pharmacy, I got in and then that was it. So I've been working in pharmacy since I was 15. So it was by the time I graduated, I sort of went straight to managing a pharmacy. And then from there, I did that, ticked that off. And then I was like, I need something more. So I actually went and worked for Pfizer for a, a few years before I had my first child. And I loved it because I really wanted to understand the inner workings of a biz, like, you know, essentially the biggest and the best pharmaceutical company in the world. And I loved my time there. But then, as I mentioned before, I had children and that required a lot of travel. So, you know, I sort of stepped aside from that. And But I always maintained my pharmacy degree. I still have my pharmacy registration. I do my CPD and I still do some hours. And yeah, and I think that comes back to the sort of helping people thing. So that's also why it's been nice to develop a range that not is not just a skincare product, but it actually genuinely helps people with day-to-day ailments such as aches and pains and sleeping and, and that type of stuff. Mm. So when was the moment, so obviously you're working in pharmacy as a pharmacist, you've started your family and you're experiencing the benefits of magnesium yourself. Can you kind of think back to that moment that you went, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I want to start a business doing this. So I started it with a friend originally and she's mm-hmm. since moved on. And at the time we were both just looking for a project really to keep ourselves busy. And we were going to do t-shirts and then it just was like, this is just not what I wanted to do. And then I was like, well, hey, I've always wanted to do 
you know, something in the cosmetic arena. And so we looked at that. And then from there, we started with a hand wash and hand milk. And that really, that was great. Then we discovered that, you know, then the magnesium thing came up and we were like, that's it. And that's when we pivoted the business and we decided to solely focus on magnesium skincare. And that was what, you know, resonated with our customers. And Mm. so that's been the business. And how did you start selling the product in the first place? Like what was your distribution on that point? It was just online. So we had a Shopify store and I think we were quite lucky because it was the start of the Instagram mm. and Facebook. Off. And so we were early adopters and it was in the day where you would just send influencers product and they would post. They would write about it. <laughs> really for you. And then the sales would go nuts. And I mean, that does not happen anymore. And we would gain, you know, literally like two, three, four thousand followers overnight just from one post. So yeah, we were just lucky that we it was you know, we were early adopters and got on mm. and got on it. And what kind of experience did your friend have? Because with the, with the pharmacist background, like it doesn't lend itself very naturally to e-commerce and influencer relationships and all of the things. How did you actually navigate that together? Did your friend have marketing experience or sales experience? She worked in bank. Well, she still does work in banking and she was on maternity leave at the time and she had a great flair for design. So she did do, you know, she was really good at, I think, navigating Instagram and also the design side of it at the start. So yeah, it was quite a good partnership. That's amazing. A banker and a pharmacist get together and create an e-commerce beauty brand. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. But I think I feel there's a lot of similarities with your story and with mine because I started my first business, which was, it was the first talent agency for influencers in Australia back into 2012. And I was very much ahead of the curve. Like no one was really talking about bloggers. They were kind of starting to send them some product now and then, but the whole idea of actually paying an influencer back then was, I had to take the whole industry on an educational journey for a couple of years. But I can imagine when you stepped in in about eight years, about eight years ago, and you're reaching out to influence. I mean, that was just the gold rush, essentially. You, you had such an opportunity to create really awesome relationships. And everyone was, I feel back then it was a real, um, everyone was just really grateful, you know, that because I, I was working in public relations and then I decided to start that business. But I was so grateful when an influencer wrote about the toothpaste. I worked on a couple of the big skincare pharma brands back then. And then the influencer was so excited because they were getting free toothpaste for their family. It was just a very simple time, I think. And I mean, obviously, I'm so happy that these influencers are making a brilliant career as they should from doing what they do. But yeah, it's just a a simpler time. So I think it's wonderful that you were right place, right time and right product as well. It had to be the right product as well. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Really cool. So when you started the business, so did you immediately, I'm just, I'm I'm really keen to explore because I I love talking about all the successes and where you're at now, but uh, I know for many of my listeners, there's an, an idea that they have that they're really, you know, the feeling where it just won't go away. You just keep coming back to this idea and come back to this idea. And they really want to start this business, but they haven't quite got there yet. Did you actually register it as a business from day one or did you try and just sell some things and see how it went? What was the setup of the business in the early days? Yeah, look, I think I get asked this all the time. And to be honest with you, I'm sort of lucky because I always just do things and I go big. So <laughs> it was a conversation we had and I was like, no, it's a company, it's not an ABN. So we set out and we, you know, had a, a company, you know, we did a company structure from day one. Mm-hmm. It was even down to barcodes. I remember talking to my business partner at the time. She was like, do we really need barcodes? Because barcodes are, they're a nightmare. Like they're painful. It's like, you are, you know, you now own thousands and you have to register them and, you know, you have this just, it's such complexity. So I was like, no, we need a barcode. So from day dot, I was like, 
well, it's big and we'd be serious about it. Otherwise, I wasn't really interested in sort of going to markets and, do you know what I mean, like selling one product here or one product there. Yeah, that wasn't my thing. So I think it was just, you know, if you really want to do it, just make it happen. And you need to be all in, actually, because this is the mainstay of what I do now. I've dedicated my career to it. And you can't be one foot in and one foot out. So, and I think that I see it with a lot of people and I've seen people come and go over the years and it's because that maybe they're scared or whatnot, but you need to really commit to make something happen. Mm, That's such good advice. And I think what you're talking about, like the barcodes from day one, I got brilliant advice many years ago and I can't actually remember who said it to me, but they said, you know, always build this business. Like it could double tomorrow. Like you're not building the business that you want right now. You're building the business that you want to have in six, 12 to two, three years time. So as a result, even if I only had one team member, we had systems and processes written there. You know, it always felt like we had the software that was probably a year ahead of what we actually needed to, to have. So I love that insight that you're sharing. It's really always building your business that it's going big. And I would argue (laughs) that it's probably as challenging time-wise and energy-wise and effort-wise to build a business like you have built with the barcodes and all the things as it is to schlep around markets. And no, of course, criticism of anyone who started chosen to start that way. There's many incredibly successful businesses that have done that. Just Samantha Wills, just one example. But I would say it's probably energetically and time-wise, it's probably as much effort to do it your way as someone who maybe decided to start on a smaller scale. But I would say the mindset challenges and the headspace is a very different challenge what you did. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's all about your propensity to take risk, to mm. be honest with you. Yeah, and um, back yourself. And, and to back yourself. And actually, to be honest with you, I reflect on it now. As you get older, you are less, well, I am, and I speak to people about this, you're less likely to take more risks. Mm. I think, you know, I have three children now and, you know, before then you didn't and, you know, you have bigger commitments. And so it's like, you know, the risk of, you know, putting a certain amount of money in or whatnot is not as, you know, the older you get, you're just like, oh, so I think I'm happy where I am. So I think being young was also was also mm. on my side because I wasn't I didn't really have much to lose, I suppose. Yeah. What age were you when you started the business? That's a good question. So what, eight years ago, 20, 32? 32. I started mine when I was 29. And I remember thinking back then, this is the best time to start it. Like you don't have a mortgage, you don't have a family. Myself and my husband weren't married yet. It just felt like this is a window. And and of course, yeah. there's lots of people who start businesses with mortgages and all of the things. But that was a, a good push for me just to, and <laughs> I think you're right. I think we are less likely to take risks as we get older. And that's almost a, another kind of push to actually just get started because that risk is going to feel harder in three years time, five years time. As you get, I get, yeah. guess get, get more set in your ways and so on. Yeah. What are the three biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now? One of them would actually be, it's an interesting question. There's so many obstacles yeah. all the time. Every day, obstacle. One of the biggest things is that that I'm self-funded, to be honest. And so, you know, at the start, it was like, you know, my business partner and I both put five thousand dollars in, and we bootstrapped it, and we just kept growing. But then, as we got big opportunities, you know, like big contracts with retailers, you'd have to buy stock, and that was a risk. You're not you're self-funded, so you're putting it in yourself. So sometimes you're taking it out of your mortgage, or you're taking it out of cash flow, or you might not pay yourself for three or four months. So that is probably one of my biggest challenges. So another two, there you go. That's tricky. Yeah. Um, the other one is just finding a good team. Mm. I feel like there's pros and cons. So I've done agencies, but then I've also had people in-house. And sometimes when I was at sort of, you know, I had quite a big team 
while ago, I actually felt that all of my energy was actually just in managing the team and not growing the business. So that was a challenge in itself. So now I've sort of looked at things a little bit differently and I have contractors again, because it's like, I need to sort of put my head back into the space of growing again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get that. So when you say contractors, what can you contract out in your business? You can basically contract everything out. So I did have a big warehouse and essentially that took over a lot of my time. So the day-to-day management of that, of staff, of hours, you know, there was all the insurance things, there was work cover, there was training people, you know, making sure you have supplies like that. It was just a full-time, that was actually a full-time job in itself. I can imagine, yeah. So I've actually taken that away and I'm in the process of looking at putting it back into, which I've done before, but I think now there's a lot more services available and I found one who they will do the the pick pack for me. Yep. And then it takes the pressure off. Yeah, that makes sense to, you know, focus on growing the business and, you know, developing other areas of it. But once again, if you never do it, you don't know, right? Like you don't learn. Mm, yeah. You don't learn. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I guess it's to think about, particularly with a product-based business and quite a few of my one-on-one mentees have product-based businesses. It's, I think it feels easier in a way because you're just selling something and then someone gets the thing and then it's done. But there are other considerations like you shared around having the stock on hand and having to invest upfront in the stock. And also, yeah, the ongoing logistics of just getting those products out to who needs to get them. So biggest challenges have been the cash flow in order to fuel the growth. And obviously, given that you're self-funded, second would be finding the team. And I guess finding that balance of contractors versus full-time employees that works for you in the business. What's the third biggest challenge uh, been? uh, Just time. I wish I could replicate me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a mama. I have three boys and they are my priority and I make no apologies for that. So it's just about time. So I'm getting much better at knowing what's important and where to spend my days. But yeah, it's quite amusing because people said to me early on, which I just didn't understand. I thought when my children were so little and, you know, they were running around and it was hectic. I couldn't imagine being busier than that, but I actually am busier now than I've ever been because you know, of all their sporting commitments and they're much more independent in so many ways. But, you know, I would have had 10 babies, to be honest, because I love them. But I'm glad I only had three because we're now at a point where we need to be three places at once and there's only my husband and I. And we're like, oh, how do, what do we do with that third one? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's so true, isn't yeah, it? I think the, the needs shift. So we've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. So I think the yeah. two-year-old is still, he's just getting to that point of massive independence. Like, won't let me help him in and out of his car seat. Like, it's, it's really cute. Yeah. He's there. But yeah, I think we're still in that stage before the the kitty Uber driver stage, if that makes sense. I, I would I think that's probably coming quite soon now with our daughter. Um it's pretty cool yeah. though. Their school here in Spain. Um our daughter does they do it's like 10 or 12 different like clubs that they do a lot of their extracurricular activities at lunchtime, if that makes sense. So she does tennis twice a week, for example. She wants to start the dance class this, this year as well. So yeah, that just makes it so much easier. We're like, thank God. Absolutely. Yeah. And they do swimming lessons at school as well. So that's all done at school. Okay. <laughs> just amazing. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Eases the logistics. So my next question, you brought me very neatly onto this, is you know, given all those challenges that you've had, what support have you had around you in, in, in order to help you get through all, of, all those obstacles. And I don't just mean the business obstacles. I also mean the personal obstacles as well. around, as you said, having to replicate yourself and figure out how to be a mom to three boys, as well as running the business. It's just about finding your people. I mean, Mm. I'm incredibly lucky. I've got a very supportive husband, to be honest with you. And he's always 
believed in me and believed in myself more than myself sometimes and, you know, pushed me, which is really nice. My parents are very supportive as well as my husband's parents and his sisters, they live nearby. So, I mean, they helped me. And then I've also been really lucky that I've had a lot of people in business who've just mentored me. Like they've been very kind with their time. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think I don't know why, but they've, you know, like when we've had, I remember once in particular, we got a big contract overseas and I just couldn't get my head around how was I going to work it? And I remember ringing my friend and at the time headed up a really one of the really big vitamin companies. And he just said to me, okay, so you need to just do this. It was like X, Y, and Z. He goes, just get them to pay this amount first. And then this amount, he goes, you covered your cost. He goes, but then, you know, if something goes wrong. I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's just about finding your people. And then I think I'm like, yeah, it was just, it's just being, having a very supportive network. Yeah, that's good. That's great. And have you invested in like coaching, mentoring? Like, are you still kind of fingering out all yourself? Because I mean, just so everyone's like, can you just give us a snapshot actually of the business now? So starting it with your friends to what you're doing now, could you just give us a snapshot of what, what that looks like at the moment? At the moment. So, you know, we're in, we're in Coles. I am really focusing online where I'm not sure how many, I think we're in 800 stores Amazing. Like small, small independent stores as well as Coles. We export a little bit and that's growing. So I'm going to Dubai in a couple of weeks because we're starting, we're in a retailer over there and we're, they want to become an exclusive distributor, which is exciting. Incredible. So yeah, there's lots of touch points, which is good actually, because the business is multifaceted. So when one side of the business seems to be for some reason not doing well, you know, one other side of it tends to to pick up. So there's multiple revenue streams, which yeah. is good. That's um, a really great insight as well. I, I've got one of my actually, it's two, really, two actually. Really, yeah. Yeah. Two. Really multiple income streams. Yeah. I love that. I like to think about it like a stool. You know, a stool doesn't stand on one leg, it doesn't stand on two legs, it needs three legs to stand. So that's always my yes. thing. Like always have at least three, three revenue streams. Two of my yeah. longtime mentees and they're my annual mentees this this year. They both run product-based businesses and both of them have, they were hammered during COVID because one of them was stocked in, both of them were stocked in stores and one, because it's in like a skincare and wellness brand, were stocked in hotels, so hotel spas. So you can imagine absolutely hammered, but both of them saw a huge growth and they both invested heavily in the online growth. So it's exactly what you're just speaking to there, Cassie, and probably similar model to yours that if you have a few different ways that you are making money in different distribution models, it just means if one does experience a dip for whatever reason, that you've still got the other, ideally two plus to keep you afloat as well. It's a re- yeah. really good advice. So yeah, I definitely do invest in coaching. I've got a coach at the moment and I think that's been really important, especially since I'm now on my own. I don't have my business partner anymore because when she was involved in the business, we'd often bounce ideas off each other, mm. which was fantastic. And now it's just me at the top, you know, the head of the ship. And although you've got employees, it's not really appropriate sometimes to really discuss those intricacies with them. So having a coach has been amazing, like so valuable. Yeah, I think it's a wise investment for anyone, actually. Mm. And what what is the difference been for you since you started with the coach? Like when you say it's been amazing, why is that? I think like most people, I have the propensity to, you know, fluff around and, you know, fuss on things and they just really keep me on track. They're like, you know, it's like, what goals, what's Monday accountability, you know? And yeah, just actually having to tell someone what I've done every week is actually Mm. really, really powerful. 
Yeah. Getting your homework done. It's amazing with my mentees. Yeah, it's like having the teacher ticket off. Yeah, right. yeah. Like so many of them like put in a late night the night before. They haven't managed to like complete everything since their last call because they know we're going to be talking the next day. It's powerful. I just started working with a coach myself, a new coach. And we had a, a big session as we're recording this. It was last week and it just blew my mind. I feel like I just went on like an energetic and emotional roller coaster during the three hour session because there was, yeah, that feeling of like, oh, thank God someone's here to support me, you know, rather than, you know, being me doing the supporting. And, but also yeah. this experience of going, shit, there's so much I need to learn. Like there's still, I think we can get quite comfortable and quite complacent to go, oh, I'm figuring this out. I'm doing pretty well. And then when you work with someone who's so many chapters ahead of where you're at and it's inspiring, but it's also, I guess, a little bit deflating when you go, oh, there's still so much I need to do. But that's the growth, isn't it? I love the quote that growth cannot coexist with comfort. And that that's where the discomfort comes in because we know we're growing. Can I yeah, ask absolutely. about the your friend's exit from the business? So how did that come about? Because So you would have been together for quite a few years then, were you, in the end? Uh, so yeah, I think it was about five years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was post COVID and she always still had her job and at the bank. And it was like, well, it was at a point where, you know, it was a crossroads. It was like, mm. are you in business or, you know, and she decided to stay with her job at the bank. So, I mean, I was actually very sad about it, but it's the right thing for her. So, you know, I wish mm. her well. Yeah. I'm sure you miss her. Does she have FOMO at all? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. What? That's a, that's a tr- tricky experience to navigate. I just really, really well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, tell me one thing you never knew or didn't expect about running a product-based business. Oh, gosh. I think, so one thing I didn't know, is that what you're asking or that I've learned? Yeah, just something, because I think for me, for example, sitting where I'm sitting with very much a, I suppose it's product-based in terms of online products, but it's more of a, sur- I've always run service-based businesses, whether it's my first one or the second one. And I think I look at product businesses, product-based businesses like yours going, oh, that must be really easy. You know, you just pack up the product and you send it and that's it. Like someone has their product and it's done. So there were, I know we've already talked about stock, you know, that investment in stock up front and not yeah. like realizing that. Are there any other elements? I look at you and I think that's so easy, right? Because Why? Tell me. I'll tell you, there's so many aspects. It's cash flow. It's yeah, like true. you have to. Yeah. When you have an online, say a course or, you know, whatnot, it's just every, you put the initial money in, but then we always still need to, it's also, you order big, you have to order big in order to get it at a price, mm. you know, certain recommended retail. And that's also risky. And, you know, then what if it doesn't work? And sometimes we've had stock that's expired. We've had, you know, I remember years ago, we were dealing with China and they were like, you need to order Basically, they wanted us to sit on gazillions of dollars worth of stock. And we sort of did it because we didn't know. We we're so naive. And then literally overnight, the contract, you know, was null and void. So we were sitting on all this stock for eight, you know, for a while. So yeah, I think the amount of stock you need to carry is very challenging. You become really good at managing, you know, the process of it. So making, you know, trying to make everything really seamless. So you order the bottles and they get delivered to the manufacturer and that goes straight to the warehouse as opposed to we have bottles, you know, we would order so many thousands of bottles and then we'd only fill so many thousand and then you were sitting there and then you had to store them and it was just so messy. So I think the biggest learn is that you've got to be really organised and really succinct and then also have channels available to you if you do have leftover stock. Mm, yeah what's your backstop almost to sell that stock yeah interesting 
where do you what do you do with it? I mean, we've given it away to charities before. We give away to a lot of women's shelters and mm. things like that, which is actually quite a nice thing to do. That's wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, you you obviously do still need to make a profit. So that's not something that you yeah. want to problem with. <laughs> Doesn't become your core business model giving away your product for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God no. So where to from here for you now with the business? So you started it eight years ago. You're obviously getting incredible traction, had awesome success. What's on your current list of goals for the business? Where are you going next with it? It's actually streamlining it a lot more. So, really? So yeah. Consolidating. I consolidating. I'm really trying to grow online again. So we had incredible growth during COVID and it's just sort of sat there actually because I've been focusing on all these big retailers. So now my focus is back to online and really getting that pumping. So that's kind of exciting because it was like what you were talking about before. I'm learning a lot more again and mm. into that. You know, there's always new products on the horizon. So hoping to have some new ones at the start of next year. But yeah, it's really streamlining it because I am becoming, you know, I am very busy. And so I need to, I'm really trying to work out where my time is best spent with the business. Yeah. And it's such a work in progress, isn't it? We hand over, extricate ourselves from one element of the business. And then we, it's like you just continue doing that until that you hit that sweet spot of, you know, for me, that would be just sitting writing books all day. Like that would be like my sweet spot. And then obviously doing some coaching and mentoring as well as that. And what would your sweet spot be like for your like perfect day in the office in the base collective? Well, what are you working towards? What lights you up most in your business? Oh, I'm a creative. I love coming up with new ideas for new products that like totally, that's my fun. Do you know what I mean? Like that's when I'm having fun and yeah, I'm most excited and most passionate about the business. So that's my ideal day, to be honest with you, is I can tinker out, tinker with products and try and make new things. And yeah, they work and people like them. And and yeah, I think that's the, the pharmacist is still in me. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> and what are you doing to support you? So I talk a lot about like the need for tank filling as business owners, particularly, I'm going to be quite gentle on this, female business owners who are also mums. Because, you know, I've got one kid less than you, but it's full on. You know, you do your work day and then it feels like the second shift starts. I was saying to Wade, my husband, a while ago, you know, Friday afternoon used to be this thing of like, you know, have a couple of drinks and like, it's the weekend. And then when you have a family, it's a different kind of energy (laughs) Uh, for, for, for that Friday afternoon. What do you do to keep your tank filled? You're actually right. You change as you get older. I don't know what that means. But yeah, I was definitely a Friday night drink kind of girl. And now I'm a Friday lunchtime yoga kind of girl. Yeah. You know, <laughs> therapy. And that's the sort of stuff that excites me. And I come on feeling very zen, like yin yoga nice. is my oh, it's moment. Beautiful. Yeah. Whereas I used to be, you know, it was all like pump classes and, you know, bike classes and all that kind of thing. And now. Like high, yeah. it's interesting because you've said that it's like that high energy output activities. Whereas when so much of your life and your business requires more energy, that it's almost like you need to dial those, like you said, the pump classes back and it needs to be more more replenishing for you and your energy in order to show yeah. up and do what you yeah. want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what fills my cup at the moment. I have a regular sort of bi-weekly yoga session that I go to and I love it. When I don't make it, I really feel it. Mm. And yeah, it's also spending time with my girlfriends. Like I've got a really really lucky, a really nice group of women around me. And I think as we get older, we really appreciate that. And just having real conversations. And even if it's just going for a walk before pickup or, you know, early in the morning and just filling your cup, that's what fills my cup at the moment. 
I'm so you know, jealous as you're saying I'll, that. I haven't made friends oh, in Spain God. yet, and I've got such beautiful friends back in Sydney, and I'm like, oh, I miss that <laughs> because it's so yeah. replenishing. You know, I can go on a walk with one of my friends, and or maybe I'm strung out about something in the business, or you know, something's happening at home, or whatever's going on, and I just come back feeling like reborn. Because it's we need that as women. We need that connection, that conversation. Like you said, that real conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my girlfriends, she moved up to Queensland. And so sometimes we go for a walk and we have our AirPods in. And we'll get a yes. In yeah, I did that too. So good. It's not quite the same, but it's a, it's a stopgap for now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to ask you, And are you much of a reader? Because I want to ask you what business, well, it doesn't have to be business. What book has, has changed your world, whether it's business or personally, or even just a fiction book? So yeah, I love reading. I'm more about, it was quite funny. I saw my um, eldest son's teacher today and he's like, your son's reading all these self-help books. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what age is he? He's 12. He's nearly oh, 13. Oh, wow. That's so um, amazing. And one of them, I can't remember, just sent me an email saying it was like how to take over the world with business or something because they're doing this business project. Anyway, I wrote back and I'm like, I haven't read that one, but it has been sitting on the coffee table. <laughs> Yeah, the book I'm reading, the one that I read recently that I found really profound, I don't know if you've read it, was Breath by James Nestor. My Have husband read just read it and he's been raving about it. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Like I love all of the sort of, you know, the history of how, you know, our skeleton changed and the breathing and whatnot. So not to give too much away, but then I started doing some of the exercises because I do love, even though I am more into my yoga, I still do love to go for the occasional jog. And it's just essentially it's all about nose breathing and how it's really powerful. And I've not, although I love to go for a jog, I still find it really challenging to run the whole time. And so I did it. I did this nasal breathing and I was able to run the whole way. It was quite fascinating. Mm. So, and then I think that comes back to the meditation and how I'm really finding that quite powerful in my world at the moment. But yeah, I sent it to my dad, actually. I ordered it on Amazon and sent it to him. And yeah, I'm telling everyone about it because I think it's... Ah, I need to get on it. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny. I went away for my 40th last year. I had like a staycation at the Star in Sydney and two of my friends like sleep with tape on their mouths to like encourage them to nose breathe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can go that far. <laughs> it's pretty hectic yeah, looking. Yeah, in this book they talk about there are cultures that when they're babies, the mothers sort of, you know, close the lips of the babies wow. to to encourage um, them, yeah. To, yeah, to nose breathe. So it's really, really interesting. Mm, fascinating. So you have very kindly given us a two hundred dollar voucher, which will be running as the, the share for this episode on my Instagram. What are your favorite products? Like if whoever wins, what's your favorite product in the base collective? If you could only pick three products, what would they be? Oh, that's so hard. I mean, I love all of them. You know, it, I think the serum, I use it every day. So it's got a real, so we, one of our most Google terms is, can you use magnesium on your face? It's quite fascinating. Interesting. The answer is don't, I wouldn't put the oil because it's too, yeah, it's, the it's, of it. it's, yeah, it's, you get that, you that stingy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You just wouldn't do that. Anyway, so we've just got, we've, the serum's amazing. So we put niacinamide in it, hyaluronic acid, as well as a really good dose for the magnesium. So a lot of people, so it's great for your skin. It helps to refine the pores, age spots and whatnot. But it's also really good if you grind your jaw. Like if you get jaw pain. Yeah. So it's really good for that because it's relaxing the muscles. Mm. So I love the serum. I love the sunscreen because everyone needs to be wearing sunscreen every single day. So it's hyaluronic acid. It's 100% mineral. So there's no none of the chemical. Oh, my God. Beautiful. 
And we've also put the magnesium. So what that does is it really helps your skin, like basically to keep your skin nice and healthy. Yeah. And it would be the magnesium oil because I use it everywhere. So I use it every day as a supplement because, you know, most of us are magnesium deficient and it's involved in over 300 processes in our body. Mm. My theory is if we're going to do one thing, you should just make it magnesium because it has such an impact. So I'm time poor. I don't have time to take a gazillion supplements, but I do have time to, I'm always going to wash my face. I'm always going to put moisturizer on and I use my serum. So that way I'm getting some magnesium. So yeah, the oil's great because if you've got sore shoulders or, you know, like you're sore after exercise, you can just spray it directly on the area mm-hmm. and it will help to release the tension and, you know, also helps you get a good night's sleep. Yeah. And it's so calming. You know, when I have a shower, I use magnesium oil after every shower. I've used it for about, I'd say about 12, 13 years now, at least, at least, yeah, at least 12 years. And just yeah, that feeling of like, after I put it on and I put my moisturizer on top and I go, oh, it's like just having a deep breath. It's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. I would really suggest if anyone hasn't discovered magnesium oil yet, please, please do get on it. And it's a daily thing. One of my cousins is pregnant at the moment and she had that, you know, that sec, I don't know if you had it. I had it with Lexi in my pregnancy, that second trimester calf cramps. It was horrible. Uh, like I, waking I, me up I, in the middle of the night and I used to have yeah, magnesium I, oil by the bed and just spritz it on my calves. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but we have a lot of people who buy it for that. Yeah. Um, and it's I didn't have it on Wilder then. It's really strange. I was kind of waiting for it to kick in and it didn't, thankfully. Yeah, I think every pregnancy is different, right? Mm. But it's because I've been starting to go on a Friday to a gym class with one of my girlfriends because I am mindful we're getting older and we're talking about we need to do some weights and we need to, you know, weight-bearing exercise. And she's like, are you sore? And I'm like, you know, we're in a magnesium yeah. company. <laughs> I don't do so. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not better than you. I just smother myself in it every day. So yeah, it definitely helps with those muscle aches and pains. Yeah. Gold. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners before we finish up? This has been a great conversation. Thank you. No, no. Just reach out if, you know, if anyone's ever got any questions, I love helping people. Perfect. Thank you. And I'll share your yeah, Instagram and the URL for their business on, on the show notes as well. So everyone can go find you. Do you want to just shout it out there though, just before we go, what's the, to find the business, where should people find you? So we're online and it's thebasecollective.com.au. And then we're obviously on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and it's just the base collective. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much, Cassie. I love talking to you. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I really hoped you enjoyed my conversation with Cassie. If you would like to enter to win that $200 gift voucher, please jump over to my Instagram and comment on the post that shares this week's episode. And to find out more about the brand, you can go to thebasecollective.com.au or find them on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at The Base Collective. Thank you so much again for joining me on this week's episode. and I look forward to chatting to you again next week. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.